0: Welcome back to the Peaked Two Early Podcast. This is season three, episode 15. Uh, I realized as I was prepping this episode that last week was the Pi Day episode of the podcast. And I can't believe I missed it. The three yeah, season three, oh. episode 14. Oh, so yes. this is me. You know, I'm a man of honor. I will, you know, correct my mistakes. Mm. I will admit that I missed a true milestone of the podcast.
1: How dare you? Uh,
0: my name is Blake Munchell. I'm joined by the ever lovely Oscar well, Oscar, how are you doing?
1: I am pretty good, Blake. Thank you for asking. Um, it was deceptively cold today. I didn't appreciate that. Um, how are you?
0: Good. I would say it's, you know, one of those deceptively cold days where, you know, despite being 50-ish degrees, like 45, 50-ish. The mm. wind was absolutely brutal. Yeah, it was
1: horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. And I hated yeah. it. And I was underdressed.
0: <laughs> yes, as was I. I yeah. wore a light sweater today, as I do most days. Very nice. Um, Oscar.
1: What, what a weekend of football, Blake.
0: Yeah, good for some. Bad for the pod. Yes. Uh, Very true. We, but yeah, I we were talking before the show and I much agree. There's only one place to start our conversation. Has to week. be. Has to be. Uh, and that is the second half capitulation. Uh, and c- yeah. that's quite literally putting it lightly. Um, it really, really it actually, is. I'm, maybe it's not even a capitulation because Manchester United, you know, capitulation is like you have the lead and then you throw it. Um,
1: sure, yeah.
0: It just it giving up on the match.
2: Um yeah. yeah I'm gonna super yeah.
0: embarrassing. Uh the Manchester United of short recent memory uh has returned.
1: Oh, interesting. No, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna come at you immediately with a question and it's what side of the fence do you fall on? Are you siding on are you falling on the Roy Keane, Manchester United is an absolute fucking disgrace? Or are you falling on the Gary Neville like this was a bad day and it happens and Manchester United were good in the first half? Where are you falling?
0: What uh, do you think? You know, a bad day is hmm. West Ham getting turned over for by 0, Brighton. By Brighton, yeah, sure. Thanks a for bad day, that. you know, is uh, losing three-one. After a competitive first half and sure, um, yeah, you know, whimpering second half. Uh, a bad day is not a seven nil thrashing. Um, mm. Where I haven't even looked at the expected goals for this match, but I have to think that it's, uh, was well, like nine for Liverpool?
1: Liverpool scored seven goals from eight shots on target, um, um, which is quite something. Uh, and I, I mean that maybe on paper would say, "Oh, what was the hair doing?" But I, it was really the defence that was abysmal. I mean, in the second half, every player was abysmal, bar none. Um, but you can specifically, I think, pick out Luke Shaw I was agree. petulant probably. and probably the worst performance he'll ever put in as a professional football player. I thought Diogo Dalot was an abs- absolutely awful. His positioning was terrible. Varane looked slow, um, and, and Martinez was just anonymous. Uh, their defense was dreadful. Um, I mean, all over the pitch. And, uh, I mean, Anthony, that guy, I know he's like 20 years old, but he has got to learn how to play structured football. Like, he just kind of does whatever. Um does not track back at all. Michael Richards actually on Sky Sports did a, a really good analysis of why he was completely and utterly useless. Um, I thought, yeah, I mean, Rashford did nothing. Veghorst looked like it was it was the perfect person to for Van Dijk and for Kanate. They couldn't have asked for someone better to play against because they're just. They're the same size of, as him and much better. And he offers nothing else. Bruno Fernandes was a stone-cold disgrace. I I agree with various pundits who are saying he should never wear the Man United um, uh, captain's armband ever again. I I think I agree with that because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the theatrical dives. I'm sure you've seen the, the shoving of the assistant referee, uh, the screaming, the tantrum, the... I mean, it was an awful performance. I and mean, we know that Bruno Fernandes is a petulant guy. He's, ne- he's never not going to be a petulant player. And he is an incredibly good player. He's a very intelligent player as well. But this wasn't just abject. It was just awful. Um, yeah, I, th- those are my key thoughts, like immediate thoughts. I think it was, usually I'm one for sort of like, oh, the players do care and etc. And they do And this, I'm sure they do. But this was a disgrace from the players. I really think it was
0: yeah um this is talking about play you know the players do care yada yada this is something i had meant to bring up on a pod previous um when we were talking about chelsea because i don't know how much you've seen chelsea coming out of the tunnel and just how the players oh, are they like, just look at, no emotion yeah. on their face yeah slowly walking like yeah, yeah. Walk in, like, yeah. You know, absolutely nothing no emotion at all um so that just reminded me of that but yeah uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the most disgraceful yeah. performances uh, I've seen in a really long time. I struggle to even think of something that matches. Probably, no, I, I you can't. know, like an intentional red card, like one of the yeah, sure, you know, challenges of the early two thousands, where a player gets really wound up and in a big match and decides to intentionally get themselves sent off. Um, yeah, the fact that. Uh, They've already reviewed the Frenange incident with pushing the assistant referee and will not discipline him. Crazy. Um, Yeah. I don't know how you come. What kind of a message
1: does that send to Uh, the pyramid? I mean, my God, exactly.
0: I mean, yeah, one. Yeah. You know, they talk about, we need to protect referees, blah, blah, blah. You know, the biggest, I'm, I don't know the TV numbers, but I'm sure this is one of the most watched matches of, Oh, it must be. Uh, It surely surely is at least top five for this season so far. Um, So how you can't go and retroactively ban him for five games when you have a history of banning players for this exact same thing. um, Yeah, I just don't know how it... I I don't know the logic. Um, Then, yeah, defensively, yeah, pretty much nobody covered themselves in any amount of glory whatsoever. No. Uh, I don't even know if there was any saving graces. No, there wasn't. any player. Nobody. Um,
1: Absolutely nobody. Casemiro was awful. McTominay came on and was dreadful. I mean, I think Ten Hag was basically he... I think his mentality was, I'm keeping these players on the pitch because it's their fault. Like, he didn't bring on Jadon Sancho because he doesn't want to involve Jadon Sancho in this disaster. Like, you know... But I, I suppose you, you might be able to point the finger of blame. I think some uh, various tactical decisions, Ted Hag, you know, and he didn't change the personnel. But uh, for example, like why Diogo Dalot is playing in that game, Aaron wan is their best tackler. And he's up against... And, and, and the Man United defense is up against Darwin Nunez, Cody Gakpo, and Mohamed Salah as a fluid front three. And you, you put Diogo Dalot there. I don't understand that decision. Um just bizarre so bizarre
0: yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's hard to you know it's one of those things where it was such a nightmare that, that you know when you go to analyze the match you go well kind of every single player shit the bed
1: 100%. yeah a hundred percent they did yeah
0: yeah and i you know i agree worst of all is the reactions to the goals and oh you know, yeah Shaw oh and dallo just standing there um I think, like, especially Shaw, it's, you know, uh, pretty criminal uh, to make a living and charge away fans to watch that performance. I don't know
1: what out. was going on with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I actually about... just a
1: really fast question for you, if that's okay. Um, do you think that this, this happened because... They were so confident off the back of their well, of the back of their League Cup victory, first trophy. They've been great. Manu have been great since the turn of the year. I mean, one of the best teams in the league. I think we can we can safely say that. Do you think that this would have happened if they were, you know, in fifth place and chasing? Um, you, do you think this was complacency born of confidence? Uh, you know, was it just like a disbelief? A, a sense that they were, like, better than this and they just, like, nobody... You know, like, I think it's... I'm sorry, I just keep getting these, like, flashes of scenes from this match. What's it, the... The young kid from Liverpool, Bacatic? Becha, that's his name, right?
0: Yeah, nobody can pronounce his name. Anyway, but Be- that, Be- that guy... Bechatic.
1: Yeah. He came on and did you see the bit where Br- he he dispossessed Bruno Fernandes and then ran away from him, and Bruno Fernandes just stood there and didn't even try and chase him. Like, that's crazy. I can't, like, that alone should get you stripped of the captaincy. But, I mean, back to my original question, do you think that this seven, you know, the seven goals, the capitulation in the second half was born of that that sense of confidence that they've had um, over the past couple of months? Would this have happened if if they were, you know, in fifth, sixth, chasing
0: Uh, I think the answer, my answer to your question is yes. Mm. Um, like, I think that's the way you worded it. Um, yes, I think it is an overestimation of their own abilities by Manchester United, um, and complacency. And I mean, all their, you know, they have a ton of like really big headed players who think they're the best in the world. Um, right. Uh, like, you know, super arrogant players. And, you know, when it works, it works. And, uh, you know, when it doesn't work, you know, big egos don't like to chase down lost possessions and stuff. So Right. Um, exactly. And also, you know, Liverpool are pretty much perfectly built for this kind of thing. You know, like they have three of the Excuse me. fastest yeah. attackers in the league. Um, and, you know, they can... You know they can break and score on Manchester United on the best of the days. So Manchester United on the worst of days, they're gonna eat for lunch, uh, and dinner. Um, yeah. Um, I'm glad it happened. Manchester United needed needed a humbling. Um,
1: yeah, people I, were talking I,
0: about I, them winning the league. R- ridiculous.
1: No, I mean, I mean. I, I... Last week, it didn't seem that ridiculous. And this week, it obviously seems incredibly ridiculous. Should we give some flowers to Liverpool, though? Because, um, you know, Man U were absolutely dreadful, but this was a deadly performance from Liverpool. And this is a team that hasn't been that great this season. And now you would have to put them as favourites over Tottenham and Newcastle, sorry, Blake, to get top four. Um, and you've got, like... Cody Hakpo and Darwin Nunes on the double. We got to shout out Mohamed Salah, who's now Liverpool's all time leading goalscorer in the Premier League era, um, taking over Robbie Fowler, who they literally called the God on the cop um, with, with a couple goals. It was a, a, a sumptuous performance from that front three. That new look, front three.
0: Yes. Um, one, as always, starting. Talking about the football by not talking about the football. Um, Cody Heckpo, uh looks like a fourteen-year-old. He um, does, yeah, with such a big, built big, big body, big face killer. Yeah, um, yeah, six foot three Just or six like foot four, whatever. He
1: live, is. muscular fourteen-year-old yeah. face. Yeah,
0: um, and what yeah. a goal
1: that! I think it was a second. The lift, the goalway lifts it over. That's a that is like what a goal. That oh, was.
0: All the goals have blended together in my head. The only there's, one I can think yeah. of is the one where um, both like Shaw and Martinez are just standing there. Um, the the Salah like, volley, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the Hakpo goal was where he. It, this this was my goal of the ma- the match. I think for sure it's a just a, a counterattack, super fast Salah. It's the one where Salah puts. Martinez down on the ground twice. You know when he fakes him out twice. Oh, yes, yes. Oh my god! And then slides Chakpo in, and Hakpo, um dinks it over De Gea, De Gea, right. um, and it. I mean, it. It, it was like a Mohammed Salah-esque finish. And I think that it's really interesting to see Chakpo being that deadly of a finisher. All of a sudden in this match, he looked like the guy that could lead the line for Liverpool. Which would allow Darwin Núñez to go out on the left, which he prefers. Yeah, it was um, it was really interesting to see them click.
2: Perfect conditions yeah. for them,
0: but still. Um, I will say, yeah, it was the third goal. The third goal of the match, the one where Salah puts Martinez on ice twice. Yeah, that's is the, the most disrespectful goal. I know, I've seen. that's crazy. Since the messy Boateng, crazy. Um, of course, everyone's making that comparison because it's like so... world
1: world cup winner Martinez put down twice by Salah. I mean, that is just my god.
0: Yeah, it, it, beautiful. Um, yeah, I love. I personally cannot stand Lissandro Martinez, so I'm sure um, you can't. I love um, to see it.
1: Darwin Nunez looking in the last few weeks pretty formidable. I will say. Stopped being offside. He stopped missing crazy chances, and now it's just like, yeah, that's like a six-foot, huge man who is insanely fast, just like, barreling at defenses. All of a sudden, you're like,
0: wow, yeah. You know, if if your team's doing better, all of a sudden, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier. The pressure's off. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, you know, whatever. I also think I don't like him, but I'm sure you don't. I'm happy too.
1: I'll be Firmino, though, getting on the score sheet, 80th minute, after announcing that he is leading at the end of the season. What a seven. He's been
2: I'm
1: sure you do. I'm sure you do. But what a sudden. wonder where yeah, he'll go. Yeah,
0: totally. Um, yeah, a strange player. Um, like a good oh, player. Oh, a great like, player.
1: Uh, almost. I feel like he's almost. One of my favorite players of all time is Dimitar Berbatov. Firmino is like. Dimitar Berbatov adjacent like he's almost that except that he's like a a workhorse in a way that um Dimitar Berbatov was never but just that that he's just like, such yeah. a classy little player just the, his touches his flair is very
2: Berbatov
0: Yeah Berbatov to me you know obviously I didn't watch a ton of Berbatov but uh, to me he's like the player who shows up on Sunday Still drunk from Saturday night, sure. and still scores two goals just because he's, you know, has a god given gift to play. Oh, yeah, I
1: love, I love um, Well, yeah, I mean, I think Babicov worked harder than people thought, but but what a player! Um, you know, you know, Bobby Firmino, eight goals, four assists in eighteen Prem matches this season is a very good return.
0: For a little bit, I think he was on pace for like his best ever season for Liverpool.
1: Where do you think this is kind of deviating, but I was having this conversation with my brother over the weekend. Where do you think he goes? Does he does he want to play a bunch and but then and therefore go down, you know, a mid-table team and no. so or does he go and warm the bench and but for a really like a mega team, like by Munich or something?
0: Yeah. Um I don't think he'll or go like to Spain. Juventus. I can't imagine him in Spain. I don't think his play style would be great for Spain. Um, Italy, I could see him succeeding. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a couple big clubs in Italy that he could play. Yeah. In. Um, Inter? Yeah, actually. I don't no Roma, or for Inter
2: Ooh, Roma, that'd be that'd
1: be nice. The ball think, is there though, starting, Milan.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, not unless you're doing something weird with your line. Lazio. So, I, that I was thinking, Lazio, that was the first one that popped to my head.
1: Lazio would be nice.
0: Um, and S- under Sari, I think cool. he would do really well at Napoli, of course. I'm sure anyone he would to Napoli right now, would do really well. So, Oscar, you could get three goals.
1: Even good. with yeah. a broken ankle, I could get through. Um, he might go back it's to the Bundesliga. To
0: yeah, uh, I, I could see him. He the he's like a different player than he was when he was at. He All was yeah, that's very true. Um, but I think he actually has a better fitted game for the Bundesliga right now. Um, yeah, of course, I'd love to see him Union Berlin.
2: Oh god! Can you imagine? Won't go there. Imagine him floating around at Dortmund. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and actually, he might. He would probably start for Dortmund. Um, No, he probably wouldn't. If 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 Marco
1: Royce left, he could fill that hole really nicely. I think.
0: Yeah, I think Bobby Firmino is better than. But I hope
1: Marco Royce doesn't leave because you know, Marco Royce. Um.
0: Another player I hate.
1: I'm sure you do. Um, what? What? What else do you want to talk about this match? Anything else? Anybody else you want to shout uh, out? Oh, Harvey Elliott midfield? in the midfield—that was interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, Harvey Elliott as a midfielder is like the strangest looking thing to me. He just yeah. doesn't—he's not built like a midfielder.
1: Klopp is trying know. to turn him into one, though.
0: Yeah, it's just he looks so much like a. I don't know. Like a Shakiri, you know, he's like a squatty, muscular short dude. Yeah. Um so it's it's strange to see him in the midfield. Um it just it feels like the era of 5 foot 6 to 5 foot 8 muscular midfielders is kind of mm. passing. Like that was a late 2000s, early 2010s kind of thing. Um and uh yeah, you know. He's a decent player. I think he's like a, a, a flashy player. He can kind of look out of place in midfield at times.
2: But Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, he's still ridiculously young. Yeah. Um, kind of the same with, like, by, by Chetich. you know. At times, he looks out of his depth. At times, he looks like, oh, he's definitely going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Uh, and just chalk it up to them being young. Um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Eric Ten Hag in charge of Manchester United? when they lost big to Man City?
1: Yes. Do
0: you think there's anything in that? Do you think it's just too early in his... No, I don't think there's
1: anything in that. I think Ten Hag is an excellent, excellent manager. I think this is a very, very strange result, I have to say. And I think it's a... It's pretty... Yeah. I mean, these results happen, right? To all teams, including big teams. Um, And I think that... That Ten Hag has this massive, massive, um, his uh, massive. Oh, what's the word? Task on his hands, right? To 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 stamp his ideology onto onto this team that, as we've talked about since we've started this podcast, is you know um, built on this golden era, this legacy that is. Dead, but like they're determined to try and keep alive. Um, and so he, yeah, he's got a massive task on his hands, and I think that you're going to get results, um, not like this. I'm not going to say like seven nils, but you're going to lose big. Um, so I wouldn't put much blame on him for this at all, and I don't think it's necessarily an indication of something to be worried about with regards to like you know big matches or anything. Um but I, I, I also, at the same time, I just can't... If I asked you, Blake, like, explain what happened in one sentence, I, I, what would you say? I, I don't know how to explain this. Because I just I couldn't... Just nobody saw this coming whatsoever. You know.
0: Liverpool scored one Seven goal, goals. and yeah. then Manchester United collapsed. Nine yeah. words. But why?
1: Sentence. You know, why? why? I just Players it's. Gave up. Strange. It's just it really is strange to me because it it looked like they had turned a corner. It looked like the the Ten Hag by getting rid of Cristiano Ronaldo by stamping his authority on the team, he he was turning a corner with the culture. It really, it's a cliche. but the way that they respond against Betis and then on the weekend in the Premier League is everything. It's absolutely everything because if they if they display even a, tiny, tiny bit of the petulance that they showed on Sunday. Uh, I think Ten Hag has big problems again.
0: Yeah. um, Just their next match, of course, at home versus Southampton. Southampton 19th. Um, If I were a Premier League script writer, I would have Manchester United lose this match. Um... And it would be awesome. I've kind of turned turned around on Southampton. Um, mm. I think they could stay up. Um, I don't think they will stay up, but I think they could. Um, and I I kind of like them. I like their new players. Um, you know, Newcastle are forever indebted to Southampton. So yeah. Um, you know, I'm now a Southampton supporter. Uh, nice. Nice. At least to stay up this season. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything else on Manchester United? Ten Hag, Klopp.
1: I don't. uh,
0: I I have one thing on Klopp. Um, Yeah. I hate Klopp. You know this. Yes, I know this. Everyone who's ever listened has heard me. Um, I loved him yelling at the pitch invader. I think that's. Oh yeah, that pitch invader was. Disgusting. Yeah, sixteen-year-old banned her life. Um, yeah, yeah. Great to see.
2: Great to see. Um, yeah, that's it.
0: Nothing else for me on this match.
2: Yes.
1: Um, uh, why don't we to move to the other fantastic match of this
2: of this season?
0: Fantastic for who?
1: Of this season of this. Um, of this match, say, um, it's uh, awesome for Arsenal Blake, the because they okay, got, got a last
2: gasp winner, um, at home to Bournemouth. Talk to me about this match.
0: Um, well, uh, Arsenal 31 shots, um which is just disgusting Th- 31 shots and nine on target is not very good, but you know, whatever. Um, this was a match where amazingly did not break the record for the longest time between two goals. Um, this it's the second, the second place for, uh, the difference between when the first goal was scored and the last goal was scored in a game. Um, because there was like a 18 seconds and then a 99th minute, uh, back in like 2004 Mm. or whatever. Um, as I like had looked up looked up the, uh, the match and I didn't even recognize some of the goal scorers in that match. Um, but, uh, Philip billing scoring after what? Nine seconds. Nine seconds.
1: Um, One of the fastest ever goals in the premier league.
0: Yeah. Second fastest goal ever in premier league history. Um, And, of course, was scored by six foot six, uh, one of the stranger players in terms of what he looks like versus what he actually is good at um, in Philip Billing. Um, And also, like, proper English name. Uh, Like, yeah. What is he, Danish? Yeah, he's
1: Danish. Yeah. 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 Danish.
0: Yeah, you know, I guess the Danes and the English aren't too far off, but uh not
1: too. No. I mean they they conquered us, so
0: Yeah. Know. <laughs> um yeah, and Philip Dillon conquered Arsenal in this the first ten seconds. Um <laughs> yeah, uh that was cool. I was really excited after seeing that. Um Burnmouth currently sitting bottom of the Premier League, um, which is really bad for them. Um, and I think they're now the number one favorites to go down as most 20th-placed teams are. Um, and then, yeah, this match was capped off by a gorgeous goal by Reece Nelson, um, sort of the new Jeff Renner-Adelaide, Joe Willick, you know, mm-hmm. all these, you know, young prospects, and I'm sure Arsenal will sell Reece Nelson in the next year. Um because they just churn these players out. Um, but it was a great goal. Um, he talked after the match about the importance to him and his family, and that was nice. Um, it's hard for me to like an Arsenal player. But, uh, you know, you can't hate Reece Nelson. Like, what are you? No. <laughs> How many people out there are hating on Reece yeah, Nelson? Yeah,
1: it would be a strange thing to do.
0: Um, however, hating on easily, Thomas Partey did score their first goal. You um, Absolutely fucking tosser hate Um, him absolutely hate him every time i'm like why is he
2: on the pitch why yeah
0: yeah it's awful um he did take off his shirt to uh remember krishnatsu which is yes a nice gesture by a terrible person yes um yeah and uh this was you know pretty pretty important in the uh scheme of things, uh, Arsenal keep the lead at the top of the table, five points. And, you know, with every match day gone and Arsenal not slipping up, you know, there's few opportunities for someone to catch them. Um, and, yeah. you know, while this was like a five point gap a month ago, I was very confident that oh man City could easily catch them. And now it's seeming less and less Likely, unless they hit the you know the oil spill on the road and spin out, um, but yeah, I think Arsenal are easily the favorites to win the Premier League now. Um, I think they were, you know, pretty 50 50, just like no one betting against Pep. Um, but now it's kind of hard to imagine Arsenal slowing down, although I've seen some people. The athletic, you know, the athletic can be good at some things, but they can be absolute shit at some uh, some other things. Like they write some of the dumbest articles. Um, so they wrote an article about how Arsenal being happy about scoring goals could come back to bite them. Um, and I'm like, you guys are just writing for the sake of writing at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal are going to win the league. I hate it, but it's going to happen.
1: Big shout. Um I I still think Arsenal have to go away to I believe Anfield They have to go away to Anfield. They have to play they have to go away to the Etihad. Um and they have to go away to Newcastle. And those are three very very tough games. Um, throw in teams like Brighton and then playing Forest and Wolves as their last two matches of the season who will both be desperate for points I'm sure I, I don't think it's a wrap put it that way um, especially with City's current form I want Arsenal to win the league over City so badly I don't even care like I just really don't want City to win the league. And it's between them now because because man, you're done.
0: Would yeah. you supp- would you root for Manchester United over Arsenal?
1: No, because I hate the Glazers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have been I mean I hate the Italy.
1: Cronkies as well. But I hate the Glazers more.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, also,
1: also, you Manchester know, City. Manchester United. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It is a yeah, um... sad situation. That I mean, uh, looking at the top, you know, who do we? Who do I even want to win the league? Liverpool. Like, I, I can stomach Liverpool, even though I, the fans suck. Obviously, I'm not wanting Tottenham, not City, not United, Newcastle. Sorry, not after the Saudis took them over. There's no one else. Chelsea, absolutely not. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I well, don't want anyone. More... Why do I even watch this league? I don't want anyone to win it. I don't want West Ham to win it because we don't deserve it ever. So. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, yeah. I, I understand your sentiment. I also, you know, I'm not happy Arsenal will win the league, um, but I also don't want anyone else to win the league. Um, I, I've explained this before, but, you know, like City, I find hard to hate just because they're so be faceless and emotionless um you know so like that i understand hating it for the you know they've won it four times in the last five years but um i just don't have the same hatred for man city as i do arsenal Man U, spurs liverpool chelsea um yeah just because it's like 20 years of hatred for those other clubs versus like 10 years of hatred for man city so um. Yeah, rooting for the, the Meteor.
2: Um, but yeah, I think Arsenal will win it. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Arsenal do have uh, Fulham this upcoming match day, which I think will be a really good match. Um, it's Fulham at home, which, you know, Craven Cottage is not exactly a fortress, but um, you know, and it's always more difficult to go away. Um, mm. So that you know that I could see that being a match that Arsenal lose. Um, but um, Oscar, I, you know, I have the urge to make you sad. Yeah. Um, we Let's had to talk it. about it eventually. Uh, it is Brighton four West Ham zero. Uh, in truly, uh, it's like a the baby brother of Liverpool, Manchester United. <laughs> the
1: very baby brother. The very very baby um, brother. Brighton no, are very good. We are very bad. But this is a this was a disaster. Um, this yeah, was this, a, was this was a serious after
0: disaster. The, the potential to really turn the season around, having just scored four you know, then all of a sudden was this at home for
2: no, uh, no, no, it was away. First.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any idea what went wrong?
1: I've refused to, I, I've, I know nothing about this match. I, uh, literally nothing. I, I have not watched highlights. I have not listened to analysis. I, I'm grateful that it's been overshadowed by the seven nil and by Arsenal. Um, but this is a terrible situation. I All I did was basically log on and look at who we have left to play. And I'm thinking, right, so Europa Conference League is a disaster for us now, basically. Um, we, we have to beat this Ike-Lanarka side, because otherwise the confidence will just be shot. But it's not great for us, I don't think, especially with Moises' rotation problems, that we have to play on Thursdays now. Villa, we're not going to win that southampton we literally have to win newcastle we're not going to beat you fulham we're not beating them Arsenal, we're not beating them bournemouth we have to win that liverpool absolutely not we never beat palace we're not going to beat man united we're definitely not going to beat brentford we have to beat leeds and we have to beat leicester on the last day i that's it's like it's we're in such a bad position so bad uh, i'm so lost for words um Chance of you'll be sapped in the morning. Uh, Wow. I mean, the owners aren't going to get rid of Moyes. Uh, It's too late now. But it's just an unfathomably bad season for us. And we're in serious, serious danger of relegation. Especially with Southampton picking up wins here and there. Especially with Bournemouth putting in performances like they did against Arsenal. Um, Yeah, we're in serious danger. It's crazy. Crazy situation.
0: Yeah. um, You know, when it starts to get to this time of the season and you're thinking about, okay, who are the serious candidates for relegation? You look at, you know, things that keep cropping up in the games, you know, the way you're losing games, the way you're conceding goals. Right. And, you know, the the marks of relegation. Right. Um, And I think the first goal that Brighton scored, the penalty, the concession of the penalty, is a very relegation candidate moment um, right? where it's a desperate player, you know, realizing his teammates are out of position. So he's sprinting back and then, you know, it's just a clumsy challenge stonewall penalty. Um, Jared Bowen just mows down Matoma um, just because he's sprinting to yeah, Matoma essentially running in free on goal. Um, and Jared Bowen just has to make the play and just absolutely clatters him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I'm holding out hope for West Ham. I think West Ham are a very good team, um, very good players, and could still stay up um, because I think basically everyone in that bottom like six or seven teams is super unpredictable. Um, And it's all very close and, you know, two matches and all of a sudden your uh, roses are a lot greener. But uh, yeah, second goal for Brighton, uh, all 10 West Ham players fail to mark pretty much anybody. um, And it's just the ball comes straight through a bunch of standing players. And uh, it's a pretty ridiculous goal to concede by uh, Joel Veltman. Um, who I forgot was even playing in the Premier League. Um, and then, yeah, the pockmark of death, Danny Welbeck scoring against your team. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, not great, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm holding out hope. Speaking of Europa Conference League, uh, didn't West Ham lose? In embarrassing fashion to a Cypriot team a few years, years ago. Years ago
1: in the qualifying rounds for the Europa League under right. Bilic or
0: something. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. I had my, you know, once I saw that you're playing another Cypriot team, I was like, ooh, interesting. Yeah.
1: I think we'll probably beat them.
0: Um, um I hope so. I, I mean, think we
1: will because I think that Moyes will put out a B-side and I'm sure they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. I was going to say West Ham is probably paying the back half of their squad and their youth players more than the Cypriots can play there.
1: Yeah. Uh That's we've been game. good in the cups. I I guess the one thing that I guess I've just try I've just put this energy out into the ether. I'm hoping that this is more of a reflection of how ridiculously good Brighton are against just a, a fairly poor Premier League side in us and that against other teams we'll be able to pull through and we'll be okay in the end. That's what I'm clinging on to.
0: Okay. Um, is it now at the point where the Moyes train is going to stay on the tracks till the end of the season?
1: What, you mean he won't get fired? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's too late. It's been too late. They're not I gonna was going to say,
0: I feel like they West Ham can't sack him at the no game. they can't they
2: can't
0: yeah um, yeah I'm sorry it's a hor it's a truly horrid feeling to uh, tune in every week to watch your yes. team get crushed yeah. either you know barely keep their head above the water or their head dip below the water very briefly yeah um, but it makes you strong as a football supporter so um. This will uh, strengthen your bones that are regrowing in your foot right now. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mm. Speaking of just some relegation, uh, big relegation matches, um, Forest Everton um, was a pretty fun game to watch. Um, Very feisty. Um, Could have had a red or two. Um, And also, you know, you know, names from the past. Abdullah Decore. What is this, 2016? Scoring I know. a goal in the Premier League. I don't League. know what's going on there. Um, I also think he's probably one of the weirder looking players in the Premier League just because he's so he's huge in width, but mm. not in depth. Mm. Um, so, he, you know, he's like truly shaped like a tortilla chip. Um, he really
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great uh, observation. Gosh.
0: I always observe the players' physical looks. Also, James Coleman was incredible in this match. Yeah like, at attacking wise, he's been in a
1: decent uh, since Dice just come in.
0: Um, yeah, I guess it's you know in a relegation battle, you need
1: you, you know, need a thirty-four-year-old former Gaelic footballer,
0: right? Um, and then also Brennan Johnson a player who I constantly... You really don't on. like him,
1: and I think he's pretty um, good, and he showed that he's pretty good in this
2: match.
0: Yeah. Um, the I think Forrest can be very, very, very good on a certain day. Mm. I do think that, one, the way they purchase players doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Um, yeah, I agree. I, like, you know, right now, Chris Wood is a great player. You know, he did a great job he for is. Newcastle. I don't know why Nottingham Forest purchased him. He's not really the type of player that I would expect to be starting every single match for Forest. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. They're sticking with it. Um, also, they have a serious threat of relegation if they can't get Absolutely. some of these players back from injury. Um Absolutely. The fact that Jack Colbeck, Jack Colbeck started, yeah, that United was crazy. I was Premier like Premier League in twenty fourteen.
1: Honestly, I could, I was just like props to this guy. How the how the hell has he managed that? That's crazy. He was frozen out of playing football for like three years. Uh, Ridiculous. He's made eleven appearances yeah. in the this season. It's pretty impressive. He
0: also, froze himself out of playing football. Yeah, yeah, he
1: froze himself out. That's what. Yeah, that's what I meant
0: to say. Yeah. He refused yeah. to leave Newcastle because we were paying him 8k a week. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: don't blame him. He's never gonna make that oh, kind of yeah. money ever again.
0: Yeah. Um I will say if you look at Jack Colbeck's stats, um he is a incredibly interesting player. yeah, uh, you know, where like if you go on FB ref, um, all of his stats are either in the bottom ten or top percent or top ten percentile. So it's just like a mishmash of Mm. really intense green and really intense red. Mm. Um, But he's basically Mm. like a guy you put in at the end of the match to make tackles and interceptions. And that's it. He is Um, from
1: Newcastle, right? Like he's a, yes, he is a proper
0: Jordy. He's from Newcastle proper.
1: I feel like I have never in my life seen or heard like, what's he like? I haven't heard an interview with him. I've never heard him speak. I don't he know anything about this guy.
0: he doesn't really have a Newcastle accent um,
1: interesting that
0: is he interesting. I don't know his like story. I think his dad was a footballer. Um, mm. so maybe he just wasn't really living in Newcastle for his oh, year. that makes sense. um but um i I suppose he has to. <sighs> I think we have to call him like a Newcastle servant. It's like, he's nowhere near a, a legend for Newcastle, even though he played for us for so many years. Um, and made a ton of perf- uh, appearances. Um, but now, yeah, he, no, he has lived in the North his almost his entire career. Um Yeah weird dude. Um, sure. I, I don't know. I don't. The way professional footballers talk, I, I find it hard to imagine the type of footballer who is happy to sit on a bench for, or not even sit on a bench, sit in the reserves for three years and not many. Prime, literally in his prime years. Um, sure. But he was very, very good for Newcastle when we were in the championship. Um, he was a excellent player. Um, Also, this is like Newcastle 2.0 with John Joe Shelby, Chris Wood, and Jack Colbeck all starting in this match. Um, Which John Joe, it was like peak John Joe um, for the penalty concession to to Damari Gray. Um, It's just the, it's who he is. You know, he can't ever be anyone other than this player who is two steps slower than everyone around him. Right, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, a 2-2 draw really doesn't help either of them. I think Forrest are, are, you know, are fine with the result, but for Everton, it's pretty bad. Um, they have a one more game played than pretty much every single other relegation candidate. Um, yeah. So um, they had this brief... Blip of good form with Dyche coming in, and I don't know. Things are, at least they're scoring goals. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's better than West Ham. Uh, true. That is true. Uh, Oscar, do you have a match you want to talk about? I've got one more.
1: Uh, no, I don't think so.
0: I can. Well, I guess I have two more then. Um, I was expecting you to ask about Chelsea Leeds. Um, ah, yeah, saw Chelsea get that coveted uh win against a relegation candidate. Yeah, they just candidate, had a, they've been so craving.
1: <laughs> they just had a, a good performance against uh, Dortmund actually in the Champions League today, so interesting to see if they can maintain that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't, yeah, I don't super have a ton to say about this. Chelsea have a pretty boring side. Um, this was a pretty boring game. They just overloaded with midfielders. They had like six midfielders on the pitch. Um, and Wesley Fafana, who's sort of finally coming back from this injury, or whatever, um, played again today, uh, got the winner from... They were just crossing in, crosses, crosses, crosses. Um, so, yeah. Uh, eh, I guess. Um, Benoit badia Shield is really good. Having Ben Shilwell there is, is really helpful for them. Um, you know, so... So we'll we'll see with Chelsea. And Leeds also very much relegation candidates still, I think.
0: really relegation candidates.
2: Um, having Garcia and should probably help them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um,
0: yeah, just if you go back and look at Leeds' results, they fail to score in a lot of their games. Um, which is not good. Uh, you need goals to win games. Um, yeah, the only other match that I wanted to talk about was uh, Manchester City to Newcastle 0. Um, because it's a bit of a repeating, you know, it's like a Groundhog's Day on Tyneside. Um, Newcastle have played well against teams that are, you know, objectively better than they are um and three matches a row have been undone by you know just straight up pure class um except the manchester city first goal uh a bit lucky but um yeah it's a great work bit of work by phil foden um Mm. but i just you know temperature check on newcastle um there's a growing frustration, but a recognition that, you know, we just played Manchester United in form, Liverpool in form, and Man City back to back to back. Um, so that, you know, while moods are a little bit low um, for the fans, you know, I think, you know, people are expecting things to turn around and yeah, know, things are going to get very antsy if things properly turn around. Like, if we finish the season 8th, you know, I think it's a pretty shit second half of the season for Newcastle. Um, I think now 6th to 4th is the realistic um, outcome. However, um, there are some things to be very happy about. Um, Bruno Gimaraish. Uh, He has been heavily rumored to Real Madrid in the past few weeks and also Manchester City um, because of the things that Pep said about Bruno after the match. Um, However, uh, Bruno made a point to say uh, in one of his press conferences that he wants to stay at Newcastle for a very long time, win multiple titles, win multiple Champions Leagues. Right. So, yeah, I just can't, you know, I can't believe Newcastle have a player who's that good.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. You're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. I, I, um, the rumors are like, you know, Real Madrid prepping an 80 million, 85 million pound bid for him in the summer.
2: Crazy. Um,
1: you're not going to let it. You don't need it. You don't need I, it. I, yeah. Yeah. Unless his head gets turned, but.
0: Right, I yeah. I think possible. if he was English, you know, he would be going for like a hundred and fifty million. In the oh, summer.
1: absolutely, yeah.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Oscar, yes. Uh, I don't want you to be on too much of a downer. Oh, thank you. Um, so I will ask. Well, one, I'll give you my opinion on West Ham's next couple of matches, um, which are very good for you. I think. West Ham will beat Aston Villa. Um, Oh, thank Confidently. Thanks. I think West Ham will beat Aston Villa three, one. Um, and I think that will kickstart a little bit of a revival. I think it's going to be a squeaky bum time season for West Ham, but, but, um, you don't it's think that will to,
1: just keep sinking. Okay.
2: That's
0: yeah. It's one. a hard, it's hard to bet against, uh, squad like that Um, plus you already have the you know the one point or two point lead on the bottom teams um but i want to ask uh you know you have a decent run of games coming up Mm -hmm. uh aston villa followed by yeah winnable ones followed by i think the last one is newcastle at home How many of those matches, or how many points are you getting out of those nine possible?
2: Four. 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 Okay. Four. Okay, you know what? I I, I just can't, I just have no optimism left in my body.
1: You know,
0: I'll even give you a, I think you lose against Southampton, but I think you'll beat Aston Villa and you will draw against Newcastle. Um. Just because uh, I cannot bet on Newcastle beating anyone anytime soon. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it's like seven matches without a win um, for Newcastle, which is uh, pretty rare uh, in the post takeover days. Um, but, Oscar, any fun matches? Any fun update to your ankle? A uh, return to the football
1: um, pitch. In the no, air. that's far off, Blake. That is far off. Um, no, ankles feeding okay. I can sort of manage a hobbling, almost a hobbling jog. Um, thanks for asking. Um, it's doing all right. Um, fun matches coming up. I will float to you. Fulham Arsenal, I think, will be a good match. Um, totally that's a, agree. That's a that's a yeah, that'll be a good match because I think Fulham will be disappointed by the loss to Brentford. Um,
0: yeah. Um, and
2: and then, and that's then the, interesting, um, but I don't care as much. That's team, what I so. was
0: gonna ask you about. Um, I I was gonna ask you, are Spurs gonna get knocked out tomorrow?
1: Ooh. No, I actually think they're going to advance.
0: Wow. Terrible. I hope not. I'm praying for a Spurs get kicked out. Man City gets kicked out. Um, Liverpool definitely getting kicked out. Um, Although, knock on wood, please God. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then uh, in the Prem, Burnmouth-Liverpool. Yeah, Burnmouth will be feel hard done yeah that'll be interesting that'll um, be interesting yeah Um newcastle versus wolves always has a flair for the dramatic um there's been a you know two of the last three matches have resulted in a newcastle 90th plus minute winner and then before that it was like four of the last six involved a wolves comeback um so in recent memory, there's been a lot of very good Wolves-Newcastle matches. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, on the next podcast, you and I will both be in good moods um, with some uh, some wins under our belt. Uh, Oscar, anything else?
2: No,
1: just uh, sending up a prayer for West Ham.
0: <laughs> I am manifesting it. It will happen. Um, That is a Peaked Too Early podcast guarantee. Yay. Um, Thank you for listening to Season 3, Episode 15 of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Uh, If you liked it or you hated it, uh, please review us, comment us, like us, rate us, email us, um, follow us, whatever you feel apt. Um, Good luck to your team, unless your team is Wolves or Aston Villa.